No man can have a peaceful life who thinks too much about lengthening it. Seneca. Hello, my fellow Stoic. Thank you for listening in to the Stoic Sage podcast today. So I've been reading meditations and we all know, you know, Marcus Aurelius had dealt with fairly annoying people. I mean, he was an emperor and he dealt with other lawmakers or estates people, uh, his own people as well, and all of the social issues that he had dealt with and resolved and also other countries and, and dealing with those people and all of that. But he was also a Stoic, and he is one of the most popular Stoics. He is the, the philosopher king, so to speak. And we know through his writings that he always tried to remind himself of many things to act virtuously uh, with regards to encountering fairly frustrating people. I mean, we always have to connect with people. And I understand that there are times where we don't really learn to or seek to empathize with people before we respond to them. I mean, for example, we can become annoyed of co-workers very quickly um, if they're slacking off or something. And then if you finally talk to them and come to realize that that person may be dealing with a very personal matter. And it's only then do we kind of sit back and think, oh man, I'm really sorry you're dealing with that. I can understand why you've been slacking off. Uh, and But Marcus Aurelius often had a list of things to kind of tell himself that he would refer back to, to remind himself consistently of, you know, hey, I can be virtuous from the beginning. I shouldn't have to talk with people to understand their perspective, to act virtuously and justly, you know, because that's the other part of justice as well, which is you, it's like a pendulum shift or, or sort of, of a scale, Right where you want to be treated a certain way, but you equally have to treat people that same way that you would like to be treated. So it's easy for us to kind of think, oh, well, why can't people treat us nicely when I'm going through a tough time, but nobody really knows what you're going through either. So we have to be the ones as a stoic to remember that if you would like to be treated kindly, uh, even if you're going through difficult things, even though you don't tell people what you're going through, you would like to be treated kindly. So as a Stoic, we have to keep in mind of that mindset. So when we encounter people, if they are frustrating you, you can instead think as a Stoic, well, you know what? I don't know what they're going through. They could be going through something very difficult. Why should I judge them so quickly? So I, I'm going to read this list of things that Marcus Aurelius, that, that I've compiled, that, that he would reference continuously in order for him to act virtuously and justly to, uh, to people who are incredibly frustrating. So, so the first thing that we found is that, one, we are all members of the human population here to help one another. And, I, and that is, is an important aspect of collaboration. We are born to collaborate with one another. There, there is no position that we can take where 
we can say that, no, we are separate from one another. I don't need you. I'm, I'm the lone wolf. I don't need people to help me or, or they don't need me to help them. But in reality, we all need one another. That's how we've come to be. So it's only natural that we are going to encounter people who are different than us, who think differently, who respond differently, and who have different uh, uh, temperance, you know, and, and all of this. We have to remember that we are all part of the human population and we are genuinely here to help one another. If, if, if it's not without your fellow man, we all wouldn't be here to begin with. The second thing is, to ask yourself, why do what they do? Why ask yourself why people do what they do, especially when they do wrong? Understanding their motivation goes a long way. And that goes to say that to write people off so quickly is not being empathetic. It's not being sympathetic. It's not acting justly. You cannot truly Judge somebody if you do not understand their perspective in its entirety. So you can understand where was their mindset when they made X, Y, and Z decision. Why are they responding or acting towards me in a certain way? Why is this particular person agreeing with this particular person? Or whatever the case may be, you have to understand their motivation. Even if you may not agree with it, it's not to say, seek understanding so you can agree with them. It's just to seek understanding so you can have a conversation with one another. Whether it be to improve a, a certain action, whether it be to come to a compromise, or whether it be to learn from that person as well. The third thing is, nobody does wrong on purpose. No one wishes to be considered a bad person. People make mistakes, sometimes horrible ones but they think they are doing right. This one is slightly debatable, of course. I mean, because there are some people who just do genuinely evil things. But when Marcus Aurelius says that nobody does wrong on purpose, some people genuinely believe evil intent because what they believe is actually right. And I think that's what we kind of forget. It's not that people want to be evil because not everybody wants to be seen as bad. We all don't want to be seen as bad. We want to be seen as, hey, I'm doing uh, uh, the best that I can. And when people even do bad things, they still believe in some ways that they are doing, um, they, they're making the decision of the greater good, for example. You know, um, for example, murder might, might obviously, it is obviously terrible, but if you believe that you are murdering somebody for the greater good, you may not believe that you are an evil person. You are doing what is right. So, but you're still doing an evil act. So nobody truly does wrong on purpose. I mean, we can even say that uh, people are stricken with um, psychological issues with that in mind, that's also the same thing. They're not necessarily doing something on on purpose, but they're not in their right mind. Or there is something that is damaging them uh, mentally, that is preventing them from actually doing the right thing. But even in their right of mind, 
they still believe that they are doing, they're, they're not doing something evil. When it comes to war crimes, for example, I mean, we often, I think the, the biggest thing that is oftentimes uh, discussed is World War II and, and people would say, oh, well, how can the Germans at the time do something so atrocious and be okay with it? Well, they were convinced that what they were doing was correct. It's not that they wanted to do evil on purpose, but they were convinced that what they were doing was right. So by that, taking that into, into account, you can understand that, well, they didn't really want to do anything bad because they, they also believed that what they were doing was right. What they truly believed is, is, is doing good. So understand that about people and you can have better understanding and empathy for when somebody does something wrong or bad. So the, the fourth thing is don't feel superior to others. You are just as fallible as they are. And this is to say that, you know, if somebody does something wrong to you, I think this references another passage that I remember, which is that if something, if somebody does something wrong to you, if they made an error in their logic, you should pity them, right? And because, I mean, you wouldn't have made that same decision. And if they truly believe that what they did was correct, then, then have sympathy for them instead. Either way, you should either pity that person for not knowing better. They should have known better. They made a, log a logical error in their decision-making. Or they just have struck in bad luck or, or, or um, we're just in the wrong place, wrong time type of thing, uh, by, by which we can say that we can uh, sympathize for them to say, okay, well, I feel bad that you happen to be in, in that position, which made you make that decision. I can feel sorry for you. Whereas if they had a logical error where they thought that what they did was correct, you should pity them. Like, well... You should have known better. I feel bad that you didn't go, you know, hopefully you do better next time. But you yourself shouldn't feel superior to them just because they make a wrong error. Because each and every day we are learning to be better humans. We are learning to be better people. We are learning to be more just, more logical, more rational. And each and every day we are tested with that. And we will encounter something at some point in our life where we make a mistake, where we fall short of ourselves, where we make a bad decision. We are capable of that. Everybody is. So when you see somebody encountering an, uh, a mistake that you yourself probably wouldn't have made, you can either sympathize with them or pity them, in which case you sh yourself should not feel superior to that person. So the fifth thing is to remember that, that you often don't have sufficient knowledge of other people's motivations or situations. So abstain from judgment. So we don't know what everyone's going through. We should not be judging people, especially it's very easy to see something on the news, for example, and how somebody made a decision that socially, we can all agree, was a dumb thing to do. But 
And, and that's a very easy thing to do, which is to just immediately judge them. However, there are some of those stories that we can see online where we can think, well, actually, I don't, I don't know all the details. I feel like we're judging this person too quickly. I think that we need to understand their part of the story, the one that's being accused of whatever wrongdoing, especially when it comes to today's law. When somebody is convicted of something, it doesn't always mean that they are guilty immediately. They have to go to trial. They are innocent until proven guilty. And socially, sometimes we just hear the headlines of a case or of what somebody allegedly did, and we immediately write that person off. We can agree socially that, oh, if they did that, then of course they are wrong, they are evil, they are bad, they deserve the sentencing. However, a Stoic instead would kind of sit back and think, well, we only heard what they are allegedly what what they allegedly did. We don't know that other person's side of the story. I don't know enough about this person or if they have an alibi, if, if they can be proven innocent. Who am I to judge them? I don't know enough about them. So that's that's a stoic approach. The sixth thing is keep in mind that you are mortal and that human life is brief. Whatever bothers you, it will not last long. So when you encounter frustrating people, remember that life is too short to just be swirling around in your own thoughts about why they're so frustrating and why they couldn't just do this and, or just do that or why do they have to do this? Remember that life is short. And that you are always going to encounter frustrating people. It's not wise as a Stoic to continue to spiral. When you have a life to live that is so short, it's not worth it. So it's best to abstain from continuously spiraling around frustrating people. The seventh thing is what causes us to lose serenity is not what other people do, but our opinions of what they do. And our opinions are within our power. So I think that one is just said perfectly. It is our judgments about what other people do. For example, there, there's this... I had a little bit of a debate with a friend recently about this, which is, are people annoying? Are there people that are annoying? Or are you in control of what you feel annoyed by? Right, it's because everybody has an opinion of what is annoying or what people do that are annoying. I think that when it comes to certain groups of people, just think of whatever group you're thinking of that um, can be considered annoying. <laughs> Even when within that group, that group does not believe that they are all annoying. They like each other. They are friends. They can find friends among themselves. And uh, conventionally, annoying people can even find friends amongst themselves. Therefore, that emotion of being annoyed actually begins and ends with the individual. It is within our power to decide what is annoying. Same thing with frustrating people. It is within our power to decide who and what is frustrating. We can decide whether or not something frustrates us 
whether we should continue to feel frustrated with people. And that's what I believe is, is, you know, more of the case, you know, with this debate that I had with my friend. You know, we, we can all agree that there are conventionally annoying things that, quote unquote, annoying people do. But at the end of the day, that emotion begins and ends with you. So people aren't annoying. It's what you believe to be annoying that annoys you about, about a certain type of person. So down to the final three. The eighth one. Often, by being sore about things, we cause more damage to ourselves than those things that caused the damage to us. So I think this references a, a number one, another one above that was previously listed. But really, the more that you spiral and focus about things, that oftentimes causes more damage to us than the thing that actually hurt us. I think that oftentimes we get wrapped up in the emotion that we're felt when we encounter somebody who is frustrating to us, for example. Uh, and oftentimes we focus on that emotion instead of focusing on the resolve and focusing on moving forward. It's easy to just get wrapped up in that emotion when somebody frustrates you. And then when, for example, they apologize, then it can be easy to just sit there and, and still fume about what they did and why they did it. And, and why did they even make me feel that way? Why did they choose to make me feel that way? But you're doing more harm to yourself than to just, you know, if you addressed it with that person who frustrated you and they chose to empathize with your, with your emotion, validate how that did make you feel frustrated, and then they apologize, it does no use to you anymore. Why do you continue to spiral about it? Who cares? You're done. They, they apologize. It's, it's done. Move forward. The stoic approach would sit back and say, okay, it's done. My life is too short. Remember, my life is far too short to just sit back and continue to spiral about why they did what they did and, and that emotion. It's best for the stoic to move forward. Let it be where it was, which is in the past. It's okay that they made you feel frustrated. It's okay to have a frustrating moment. It is not okay to carry that emotion into your future. That is not okay to the Stoic. You would be failing yourself and future beautiful moments. So always do your best to stop with that emotion that you may be feeling and move forward. Number nine, do your best to correct others, but gently and without irony and for the right reason, not just to show off. It's easy to say, well, you should have known this. It's easy to kind of sit back and think, I wouldn't have done that. What the heck? When you do that, you are already coming from a place of superiority. Instead, you should seek to understand that person, empathize with their mindset, with their emotion, and then gently push them in the right direction. Well, hey, I think a better approach, I could, well, firstly, I understand why you did that. Um, because of this, because of X, Y, and Z. 
But I think a better approach would actually be this. And I think that it would benefit you because X, Y, and Z. That is a far better approach to helping others, especially when they are being a little frustrating, whether it be they're learning something new and you're trying to teach them. They're learning something new and somebody's trying to teach them and you can tell that they are frustrating somebody else. <laughs> Do so gently. That is a stoic way. That is acting justly, being patient. The final one, don't expect people not to do wrong because that is foolish, but do not allow them to hurt others either. If it is, if it is in your power to stop them because that is your duty as a human being. So obviously with wisdom, and this takes a lot of courage. I think that this final one takes so much courage and courage deals with wisdom as well, because we have to remember that courage is different than bravery. Being brave is <clears throat> being able to say, well, I can stand up to a tiger or I can stand up to a bear, but it's probably not wise to do so anyway. Congratulations, claps for you, pats on the back that you could do that but it's not the wisest thing to do. <laughs> the courageous thing to do instead would be more like you be the, be the one to gather people, to guide them away from harm's way. That is the courageous thing to do. Be the last one to leave, making sure people are safe um, and you also being safe. That is being courageous. So, same thing. When you see somebody doing something wrong, of course, it can be a little scary to be like, to, to, to kind of step in for, for, for what that person is doing to prevent them to, from continuing to do something wrong. That can be scary. It is brave to stand up and be like, hey, you jerk, you need to stop that. What the heck is wrong with you? And you start getting physical. That's brave. You are a very brave person to do it that way. But being a courageous person is when you notice somebody is doing something wrong. The courageous thing to do would instead step in the way. You know, um, if somebody is doing harm to others, you make sure that they step away. Hey, I think you need to take a breather. And you tell the person who was maybe being aggressive, for example, or doing something wrong. Hey man, this isn't cool. Is everything okay? What's going on? That still takes courage, especially if somebody is doing wrong for the wrong things and maybe they're agitated and aggravated and they're angry. It's scary to kind of step up to that person and remind them to call forth their best self. Hey, what's going on? Ah, this person's uh, made a mean comment and they started getting aggravated. Okay, well, I can understand that, but hey, man, it's not really nice to blow up like this right now. I, I think that we can come to an agreement where this person can apologize instead of it escalating to a physical altercation. Otherwise, the police are going to get involved. You know, kind of walking them through the error of their way. That's very difficult to do, especially in a high stress environment. And not only that, but also for if you know that somebody may not receive it well either, that takes also a lot of courage 
to know that they may not receive it well, and they may even get angry with you. But the Stoic would remain calm and understand that I still can't let this slide. I, I have to be the one to ensure that people are treated fairly. And if nobody is stepping up to the plate to do this, I am the one that has to do it. Because I know that it is, it, that it is not right that this person is doing that. And if nobody else wants to step up, I can do it. This is my philosophy. This is what I have been training for. So I can be the one to step up. Well, there you have it, my fellow Stoics. The top 10 things that Marcus Aurelius references continuously to himself when he's encountering frustrating people. It can be difficult to, to deal with frustrating people, but we have to remember to be just. That's the main practice of this entire list. It's to become a justly man, a justly person, a justly human being. And a lot of those things take a lot of courage. And I think that that's the biggest uh, virtue that is being utilized as well. Not only justice, but also courage. Understanding that you have to be wise and brave, making you a courageous person to deal with frustrating people. So my fellow Stoics, I recommend that we take note of what Marcus Aurelius has done in the past with dealing with frustrating people and translate it also. Improve upon it. Utilize what was done in the past and bring it into modern day and address those things from a, from a modern Stoic approach. If it needs to be improved, you go right on ahead and improve it as well. We should all be encouraging each other to be better versions of ourselves, be better Stoics than the previous. We can bring forth a new wave of Stoicism. Thank you for listening in. If you enjoyed the podcast, please leave a five-star review wherever you listen to podcasts. It really helps out the show. If you would like to check out Stoic Sage merch or read the blog, please go to stoicsage.co. Also, give us a follow on Instagram and Facebook, and I wish you well, my fellow Stoics, on your path to sagehood.